Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, join me tonight in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. I want to continue with this that we have been on uh, on most Wednesdays and Sunday mornings, uh, the walk of faith. Uh, you know, faith, that there are things that ministries are assigned to minister. And the assignment on our ministry is to minister faith. Now, we'll, all, we'll minister the whole counsel of the Word of God. We'll teach other things. But the assignment on this ministry is to teach the Lord said to me, you teach the pure word of faith in the manner that you learned it. And so the, the assignment on our ministry is to teach faith. That's the assignment. Faith builders. In uh, 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 late 95, early 96, the Lord said to me, the vision and the call on your life is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And we've endeavored to do that to the best of our ability. And so the walk of faith, the Lord said to Pastor Michelle, he said, uh, you know, there were five things that he said to her, and, and she's been teaching on, on those five things, and uh, I got stuck on the first one. And so, but that's just where we're at. But the point is, he said, there are things coming, you're in a season that's going to require the walk of faith. Now that's, you, you got to understand, uh, uh, it's not that something bad is going to happen and it's going to require faith. There are things that he wants us to receive that's going to require faith. If you look at the situation in the world and it bothers you, you're not in faith. Faith looks at things differently than the natural mind and the natural eye. All the things that the Lord has said through, through uh, well, through us, through other ministers that we have great respect for, the good things that God has in 2023, it, it can't be going to be as bad as some people want to say it is, and God saying it's going to be this good. You, you understand? Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, look what he said. He said, the Apostle Paul said, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Parenthetical statement, no less inspired, but it starts with the word for. And he's talking about living this life in the flesh, living in this tabernacle. And he's saying, I know that you want to go and be at home in glory. All right, he basically says, I would like to do that too, but we're, we just got to keep doing this because we walk by faith. And not by sight. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. When a, a person of faith is viewing things differently than a person that's walking in their natural intellect. And viewing things with the natural mind, the natural eye. All right? It's not that you don't see what's there in the natural. It's, this, it's just that you're looking at it through the lens of faith and not the lens of the natural man. 
I've said this over and over in this series. Faith is not intimidated by the circumstance. Faith is not intimidated by the situation. Faith does not look at, cir- at circumstances and say, what are we going to do? Uh, everything's falling apart. Faith says, no, we are in the victory. Faith is the victory. Now faith is the victory. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Our faith in what? Our faith in that we are born of God. And because of that, we automatically overcome the world. You, you have already... The, Jesus said he has deprived the world of its power to hurt you. What do you do with that? If, if, if the world has been deprived of its power to hurt me, what is there to be worried about? Amen. And he said, I've deprived... Remember when he was leaving? He said, he said, peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. He said, my peace I leave with you. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So why does 1 John 5, 4 say you have overcome the world? Because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. You are of God and God is your Father. When you got born again, your DNA changed from someone who struggled to someone that was always on top and never on the bottom. That's what the Scripture says. People will quote Deuteronomy and they'll say, you know, he said he would make you the head and not the tail. He said you would be above only. And not be beneath. Yes, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. So, so how is it that, 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 that people can look at things and say, well, we're going to go under when he said you would be above only. Oh, hallelujah. And, and by the way, that was to Old Testament people that weren't born again and didn't have the Holy Ghost, but they had a covenant with God. And the Bible says you were brought into that same covenant and given those same promises with better promises added to. Oh, glory to God. Amen. It, 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 if you're walking by faith, you see it differently. Look at, look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. We're going to spend quite a bit of time in Hebrews 11 tonight. Hebrews 11.1, 1, of course, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet. So the meaning of faith is the conviction of the truth of anything. I'm going to get through this as quick as I can. The, the meaning of faith is the conviction of the truth of anything. Now, the Greek word for faith there is the word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And that's what it means, the conviction that something is true. And it says this conviction is the substance. All right, or the, the, a thing placed under, a foundation, a substructure. All right, this conviction, faith. And then he said it's evidence or proof. And we've made the statement, the proof is in the believing, not in the end result. The proof that you were, you fill in the blanks, healed, blessed, delivered, whatever it is, The proof is not when the symptoms went away. The proof was when you were convinced. Amen. I've told told you the story about the day I got up and I I was debt free, but I wasn't debt free. But yet I was debt free. 
You, you, I was no more convinced when we paid off our last debt than I was that day. Just wasn't. You understand? Faith, the conviction, is the proof. So when I'm convinced that something is true, faith has come. And where a lot of people miss it is they use this phrase, well, you know, I'm believing. What they mean, what they're saying is I'm not convinced. I've got to get to that place where I'm convinced. Once faith has come, I have a foundation or something placed under me. And once faith has come, I have proof. Once faith has arrived, I have proof. The end result is not the proof. Faith is the proof. Faith is the proof. Now, that's, that's why faith requires honesty. Because if you're not convinced, faith hadn't come. I might know it, I might believe it, but if faith hasn't come, if I'm not convinced, faith hasn't come. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm convinced about what God has said. See, proof is not seeing it in the natural. Proof is being convinced of it in the spirit. Not seeing it in the natural, being convinced of it in the spirit. So we know faith comes by hearing the word of God. And what is the word of God? What God said. And faith goes by speaking what God said. It comes by hearing what God said. And it goes by saying, speaking what God said. Faith is this. It's expecting God to keep his word. Faith is expecting God to keep His word. Faith is expecting God to be faithful. Uh, Hebrews 11, 11. Notice what it says concerning Sarah. It says, through faith, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age and was delivered when she was past age because, notice, she judged him faithful who had promised. So it starts off by telling us through faith. P-I-S-T-I-S, Greek word pistis. She became convinced. Now notice, despite her age, despite her barrenness, she was convinced. The strength to conceive seed came through faith. Do you see that? Came through faith. She was convinced. Then it says, because she judged him faithful, who had promised. Faithful in Greek is the Greek word pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. P-I-S-T-I-S, pistos, is a conviction that something is truth. P-I-S-T-O-S is is this faithfulness, this commitment to something that was spoken. All right? She judged God faithful. One translation says, Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and past the age of bearing. But notice, her faith embraced, she received, she was convinced of the miracle power even though 
she was past the age to have children. You know, nobody knows you like you know you. Nobody knows your body like you know your body. There were things going on in private that nobody else could see, but Abraham and Sarah could see them. Sarah knew she was past the age of bearing children. She knew that it had ceased to be with her after the manner of women. She knew that her monthly cycle had long since went away. She knew that according to what they knew about the body, it was dried up. Do you remember when Naomi came back from, from uh, uh, where she had been sojourning with Elimelech? And Elimelech, her husband, had died. And she came back. And what did she say? Don't call me Naomi anymore. Don't call me fruitful anymore. Call me bitter. Because I'm dried up. Right? I don't have anything to give. I have no fruit to give. But even in that, that place of barrenness and dryness, she reached out in faith and became convinced. What did she become convinced of? That through you and through your husband, whose body is now also dead, there's going to be born a son. Out of you, Sarah, is going to come this child. Not out of Hagar, not out of somebody else. The promise is coming out of you. Who said that? God said that. And she reached out in faith and became convinced. Do, do you see this? Notice, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise. And she tapped into his faithfulness. The authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise. Notice what she did. She considered God faithful to what he said. If God said it, that's what God's going to do. And she was convinced of what God said. Amen. The authority of my faith rests in the one that made the promise. Hallelujah. God speaks with the intention of doing what He said. N notice Numbers chapter 23. Oh, Glory. Hallelujah. Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Notice. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Now notice. It starts off by telling us God's not a man. That he should lie. In other words, that's why God can't lie. Because he's not a man. So he can't lie. Right? Has he said it? Now watch. In other words, in our language, if he said it, he's going to do it. Why? He can't lie. Liars speak words with no intention of doing what they say. God who cannot lie only speaks words that He intends to do. Shall I say that again? Liars speak words with no intention of doing what they say. God who cannot lie 
only speaks words that he intends to do. Let me, let me share some other versions with you real quick. The CEV says, God always keeps his promises. Now that, that's elementary, but get a hold of that. God always keeps his promises. The, the EEBT says, he does not speak words that are not true. If he promises something, it happens. Oh, hallelujah. Say it out loud. If God promises something, it happens. Mm. Right now, the truth of what God said is prevailing in your circumstance. Right now, it's prevailing in your circumstance. It's prevailing in your circumstance. You know, the Bible says that Sarah reached out and became convinced of what God had said. When you're sitting in church or listening to a podcast or watching something on TV, YouTube, however you get a hold of the word, nobody, you are in charge of whether you reach out and become convinced of it. it nobody can believe for you. you got to believe what's being said. And Sarah, in spite of what she could see, she chose to call him faithful. Amen. Another translation says, if he makes a promise, then he will do what he promised. Amen. Another translation says, has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Watch this. It is vain for you to ever expect that he will alter his purpose. He will not alter his purpose. Isn't that right? My covenant I will not break or alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. I won't do it. That's what he said. What God has said about you, he's not changed his mind and he's not changed his purpose. The only one that can cause that to not come to pass is me. I have something to do with it. But if you will believe it and judge God faithful, and it doesn't matter how long you've been believing, it doesn't matter what you've been standing through, God is faithful. We don't question God's word, and we don't question God's faithfulness. God will always do what He said. If it seems to be delayed, I go to God and say, where am I missing it? I don't go to God and ask Him what His problem is. I go to God and say, what can I do to speed this up? Because you always do what you said. Always. You always do what you said. Woo! Amen. Another translation said, whatever he has said, that will he do. He does. It says, that will he do. He does. Whatever he's promised to do, he has done it. Amen. Do, do you see that? You know, we think promise, and it's like something I'm going to do. God thinks promise, I've already done it. When God makes you a promise, in his mind, it's done. That's why he tries to get us to understand that when you become willing, it's done. When God says, I want you to sow a certain seed, and maybe you don't have the money, but you say, I'm willing, as soon as it comes, I'll do it. God considers it done. 
Because, right? God said, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Is God always willing to bless us and always willing to provide for us and always willing to heal us and always willing to make a way for us? Is He always willing? Yes, He's always willing. Why? Because He's put His Word down and His will is His Word and His Word is His will and He has shown us already what He's willing to do and He said, if you will just willingly be obedient to what I've asked you, you'll eat the good of the land. Is that, did He say that? then I'm going to eat the good of the land. Amen. Mm. God and His Word are one. God and His Word are one. You cannot separate God from His Word. I, I need you to see that this evening. You can't separate God from His Word. If He said it, see, you can't separate you from your Word. If your word's no good, you're no good. It's just the way it is. You can't separate you from your word. You can't be a liar and a pretty good guy. Right? Do you understand that? If your word's good, you're good. You're dependable. You're trustworthy. Oh, help me. Have you found God dependable? Have you found God trustworthy? Why? Because he does what he said he would do. Woo, glory. Amen. Even when he said, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not fear any evil because I'm with you. Amen. He said, when you're going through a hard time, I will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies will have to sit back and watch you eat the good of the land. Why? Because God promised. I said, God promised. He said, when you go through a trial, when you go through the fire, the flames won't kindle around about you. And when you go through the, the flood, you won't drown because I'll deliver you. He said, I am your rock. I am your fortress. I am your high tower. You as the righteous can run into me and you will always be saved. He said, I will gather you around me like a mother hen gathers her chicks. Under my wings, you'll rest safely. You will be completely safe and taken care of. I, the Lord, have promised you that. Glory to God. Amen. And that's why to enter into the same worry and care of the world is to consider God unfaithful. Amen. If he can't keep me in this little tough time that the world's going through right now, what's going to happen if something big happens? I, I want to ask you all something. With all the things they said was going to happen. Anybody in here miss a meal? I'm serious. Have, have you went to the grocery store yet and not got milk? Honestly. Have you went and not found no eggs? No. Well, what, what were their people saying? Even Christian pundits. Woo! Famine's coming. We're not going to be able to have anything. Everything's, no, oh yeah, buy land in the desert. Order, order, your, order your supplies. Tribulation supplies. Buy your shovel so you can dig a hole. You're not going to have a bathroom. 
That is not judging God faithful. What did he say in the book of Job? In the time of famine, what are you going to do? Laugh. Try it out. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Because you judged him faithful. What did he say in Psalm 69? I have been young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed, the righteous seed, out begging bread. God will never forsake me. I will never beg bread. My family will never beg bread because I am under a perpetual generation, uh, a generational blessing, even unto a thousand generations. And a generation is at a minimum 40 years. I have at my disposal 40,000 years. Years of covenant blessings. Glory to God. Now you see why Pastor Caldwell said if he got real happy, he would start sounding like me. It's just me. I'm not preaching, I'm preaching. You can't separate God from His Word. The promise that has been made. The price for that promise has been paid. God can speak in such certainty because the price has been paid. 1st For instance, take this for instance. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. How certain is that? Why is that so certain? Price has been paid. Amen. Look at John 1.1. You can't separate... God from his word. This is one of those things that radically transformed my life almost 30 years ago. You can't separate God from his word. John 1 and 1. In the beginning. Now we don't know when the beginning was. But in the beginning. The word was there. And the Word was with God. And the Word was not only with God, the Word was God. I find it interesting that, that, that the Greek word there that's translated into English for word is logos. Where we usually get our written word. Something spoken, a written word that's spoken. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. God and His Word are inseparable. When you focus on God, you focus on His Word. When you focus on His Word, you focus on God. Our critics have given us a hard time in the Word of Faith camp because they'll say, you Word of Faith people make the Word God. No, God made the Word God. Is this living? Is it alive? So this is not a book about someone. This book is someone. It's the living word. Amen. Look at John 1.14. You're right there. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. The word became flesh. The word became flesh. The Reese Bible says the Word entered a new mode of existence. <laughs> Woo, glory. Became flesh and lived in a tent, His physical body among us. 
Mm. The word became flesh. Now, Revelation 19. You can't separate God from his word. Can't separate him from his word. If you don't understand that God and his word are one, you can fall into the mistaken understanding that, well, God said this, but it may not be his will. God and his word are one. You can't separate them. If God said it, that is his will. If God said it, he will do it. Because, listen, God put his will in written form and left the record for whosoever will to find. If you're a liar, you don't leave evidence of what you said behind. Because somebody's going to find it and want to hold you to it. Amen. If, if Brother Billy over here, now Brother Billy doesn't lie. He wouldn't lie to any of us. But here's the thing. If he left me a note, a letter, and said, uh, you know, I've left you $5,000 in this envelope, in this file cabinet. Well, if he didn't mean that, you shouldn't have wrote me the letter. Because I'm going to take the letter and go to the file cabinet and look for the money. Is that right? I mean, wouldn't you? And if it's not there, what, do I, what, am, I, what am I left to understand? Either he didn't mean what he said, right? Maybe he was mistaken, but in my mind, I'm going to think he didn't mean what he said. God, every promise that God made, God is eternally linked to it. Because he's one with his word. This word is not something that he spoke and it's separated from God. When God spoke the word, God is in the word. He's not separated from the word. He didn't speak something and didn't go about his business and forget what he said. He is eternally, inseparably linked to what he said. And that's why when you act on what he said, he acts on what he said. Woo! Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful. She received strength because she judged him faithful. Same Greek word, pistos. Faithful to what was said. Oh, faithful and true. That word true means sincere, sincerity, or truthful. So he's faithful to what he said, and he's truthful, and he's sincere. Oh, glory to God. Do you see this? Now watch, read on. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. That's the standard. That's the Christian standard. And his name is called the Word of God. His name is called the Word of God. Now, people will say, that's Jesus. Right, and Jesus is God. Is that right? 
And here we saw twice in John, and now we see in Revelation, he's called the Word. So if Jesus is God, and Jesus is the Word, are God and His Word one? Twice in John chapter 17, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Who is Jesus? The Word made flesh. Are the Word and the Father one? Absolutely one. And, and that's why, and that's why when you got born again and you were brought into the family of God, you were not just, see, people think, well, I was adopted into the family of God. And they get this wrong mindset about adoption. Adoption in reality is so binding. It's so binding. That person instantly becomes a son or a daughter in that family. They instantly receive the name of that family. They instantly become heirs or heiresses to what that family possesses. When God brought you into the family of God through the blood of Jesus, you were not just adopted and everybody felt sorry for you. You instantly became in Christ. You became one with Christ. And because you came one with Christ, you became one with God. God became your father literally, physically. It is a spiritual reality. You are one with God. Oh, hallelujah. God and His Word are one. Everything God is, His Word is. How do I know that? It's eternal. It's truthful. It's without error. It cannot lie. Amen. Look at 1 Peter 1. Are you receiving anything tonight? She judged him faithful. Well, see, he is faithful. You just got to judge him that way. Because he is faithful. Amen. You know how many times I've went to God with those verses, Numbers 23 and 19? You know how many times I've went to God with that and said, Now, Lord, you are not a man that you should lie. If you said it, you'll do it. I can't tell you the time. I still go to God with that. That, that is one of my go-tos. That, that keeps me from carrying care. You said it, you'll do it. Remember what the Bible says? It said an oath between normal men is an end to strife. Right? When he's talking about the covenant that God made with Abraham, he said even between natural men, an oath is an end of all dissension. And then he said, but when, because God could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Oh, hallelujah. So if somebody that has more money than you promises to pay off all your debt, that ends the discussion. They've got more than me. They're able to do it. Well, God can do what God can. We, people will say in church, God can do whatever you can ask. Listen to this. God can do whatever he promised. Are you asking in line with what he promised? Because if you're not asking in line with all what he promised, he's not going to do what he promised because you've got to ask for it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So what do we do? Ask big. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23. 
I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse, chapter 1 and verse 23. Speaking of believers, it says that we, are being, we were born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Oh, hallelujah. The word of God, notice what it says, is a seed. It's the Greek word spora, S-P-O-R-A. And it simply means this, parentage. Parentage. All right? It's, it's used in, in uh, 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 horticulture. It's used where plants are concerned. The, the spores that a plant releases and into the air and, and fertilizes other plants. And, and, and in that spore is the parentage. Rose bushes do not produce daisies because that's not their parentage you understand every seed does what produces after its kind oh glory the word of God is a seed a seed has to be alive hmm the Word of God, hear me, contains God. The Word contains God. So you were born again by the seed of the Word of God that lives and abides forever. God and His Word are inseparable. When you receive the Word, you receive God. When you take the written word as truth, you're calling God truthful. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Hmm. 2 Timothy chapter 2. God and his word are inseparable. Chapter 2, verse 13. If we believe not, he abideth faithful. Why? He cannot deny himself. Same word faithful, pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. True to something that was said. Notice what it says. If you don't believe what was said, he abides faithful. Here's what this means. He can't act like he didn't say it. Because he's tied to his word. Have you ever heard somebody say something and then you called them on it and they go, I didn't say that. You did too. But, but, but what do people with no integrity do? Deny, 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 deny. Right? God put it out there for everybody to see what he said. And it said, if you don't believe it, he abides faithful. To what? What he said. He can't. He can't. Why can he not deny himself? He can't lie. He can't deny he said it. Do you see that? When you go to God with his word, you're going willing. Amen. God's never unwilling or unable, just uninvited. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Do you see this? Consider the source of the statement. When you read it in the Word, consider the source of the statement, God Himself. Amen. Sarah considered the one who had made the statement. She judged God faithful. Do you see that? You consider the one that made the statement. Remember, remember Mary? The angel told her what was going to happen, and she said, well, how can these things be? He said, well, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you, and the power of the Most High is going to come on you, and, and that uh, holy thing that's born on the inside of you will be called the Son of God. She said, oh, be it unto me according to your word. What did, now, wait, what did she do? Considered the source of the statement. This is God speaking to me. Amen. Brother Hagin used to tell people all the time, the way to receive from the Word of God is to understand that my Bible is God speaking to me. Now, if you're not careful, those things become head knowledge. Yep, yep, that's right, God speaking to me. Now listen, if you believe that, you'll get Sarah's results. See, the issue with coming to a church like ours is you hear what the Word says, and now you own it. You, you don't just to get, get to walk out and act like you didn't hear it. Right? We are not of those that draw back into perdition. We're of those that believe. We believe to the what? The saving of our souls. We believe God. We believe what God said. When Paul was on the ship, they had not seen the sun, they had not seen the moon, they had not seen the stars for days, for two weeks. They were in the middle of that, of, of that mess, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Paul, and he said, this is what's going to happen. There will not be the loss of any man's life, only of the lading of the ship and of the stuff. And Paul went up on deck, and he said, this is what I heard from God. And he said, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. And it'll be even as he said. Amen. Did they all make it? Why did they all make it? Because God said they would. <laughs> you know there were heathens on that ship. Even the ones that couldn't swim made it. Because God said. Well, th well think about this. Think about, think about this. Hang on. Bear with me. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. Who said that? Who said that? Oh, help me. Who said that? Does God lie? Can God lie? Will God lie? What are you going to do? Judge Him faithful. And you might be in a situation where it looks like everything is coming down around you, but you judge God faithful to keep His word. No evil will befall me, and no plague will come near my dwelling. Amen. Hallelujah. See, I'm judging Him faithful. My children will be at peace. God will contend with them that contend with me, and He will save my children.
Oh, glory to God. Amen. Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For there is hope in your latter end, saith God. I will bring your children from afar. And they will gather around your table. And they will do the will of God. He said one will call himself by the name of Israel. Another will surname himself by the name of Jacob. And the word that I have spoken, your children will speak it. And your children's children will speak it. Judge God faithful. This is part of walking by faith. Is I'm going to judge God faithful. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but things look impossible. I know iron can't swim either. But it did. It did. It did for an old covenant man that didn't have the Holy Ghost. Wasn't born again. Am I right about that or not? Was it before Christ? So the blood hadn't been shed. He might have been godly, but he wasn't saved. And he just asked a simple question. Where did it fall? Why? It was not God's will that his people be in debt. If that young man would have lost that axe head, he would have been in debt to that man. It wasn't God's will. He said, where did it fall? He said, that's where it fell. Stuck a stick in the water and the iron swam. And he said, reach out your hand and take it. Can't you imagine what that boy was doing? Oh, my God. But he, as that iron axe has just swimming on top of the water. It doesn't say it floated. It said it swam. It, it went from where it was in that river over to the man of God. What did that require? Judging God faithful. Things start coming to people that judge God faithful. Oh, I'm almost done, my Lord. Hallelujah. That's how I know you're going to make it. That, that's how I know that it's not times of recession, it's times of refreshing. That's how you can say, I don't expect to be affected because God is faithful to His Word. Amen. I, I'm telling you the truth. If you need a gallon of milk, and you go to Kroger or wherever you shop, and there's not a single solitary gallon on the, on the rack, you walk in that store and they'll find one. Because God's faithful. Amen. God is faithful. Did you hear what I'm saying? I've seen this so often. I don't, I don't, Listen. Richard Pritchard, walking in church some, two Sunday mornings ago, looks down on the ground and says, what? $100 bill laying on the ground. $100 bill laying on the ground. That very Sunday, you know how many testimonies I got of checks showing up in people's mailbox that they weren't expecting? Finding money, unexpected bonuses, checks in the mail. It's not coincidence. God's I'm telling you those stories for a reason. If one man can find a $100 bill, if you need something, why can't you find it? God's faithful. Look at Romans 4, 21. I'll, I'll be done with this. Whew. God is faithful. That's how I know. Never put more faith in contrary evidence than you do in God's faithfulness.
Yeah, but I, I know it's God's will to save my children, but they're sure not acting like it. You're putting more confidence in their actions than in God's faithfulness. Tonight, I want us to open the door for God's faithfulness. Romans 4, 21, let's hurry. And being fully persuaded, speaking of Abraham, that what he, God, had promised, he, God, was able to perform. The Barclay translation says, he never allowed a lack of faith to make him question God's promise. So far from that, his faith was so strengthened that he praised God in the unshakable conviction that God is able, boy, this struck me, not only to make promises, but to make his promises come true. Now notice, he was so strengthened in faith, he started praising God. Why was he praising God? Because God's faithful. God's faithful. We're moving past this place where we shout about these glorious truths and walk in a little bit of them. I'm, I'm so concerned that we've only been in, we've been 30 years in the wading pool. And, and, and I want to say something, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be too straight, but, you know, people can say immediately, well, I haven't been in the wading pool. Are you where you need to be? When you examine your life, just look at your finances. Are they where they need to be? Are your finances on a level that would be considered all sufficiency in all things and abounding to every good work? That's God's will, so that means there's room to improve. There's room to press into. I got to consider God faithful to that. At some point, at some point, I, I got to get out of this understanding where I'm just shouting about being word of faith and I'm shouting because the word of faith is working. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we, we have spent a lot of years not speaking negative things, making positive confessions, and to be quite honest with you, there are people you know and I know we ought to be farther along than we are. Mm, let me move right along. Faith always looks at who made the promise. I'll close with this. My pastor one time had a dream. And he said, in the dream, he saw this long row of train cars. And uh, he said they, uh, they, they just stretched as far as he could see. And he said, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what is that? What does that dream mean? He said, all those train cars are all the blessings that I've tried to get to you over the years. And you wouldn't receive them. Now, that's my pastor. Used to be some of y'all's pastor. Would you think he knows a thing or two about faith? Would he be considered a father in the Word of Faith movement? But yet, the Lord said to him, there are blessings that I've tried to get to you through the years, and you wouldn't receive them. You know what he said? Lord, back that train up. Well, I'll, I'll share something with you. And he shared it publicly, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything he hadn't said publicly. He, he was in a place one time and looking at buying some new luggage. 
Now, I won't say the name brand of the luggage. Very exclusive brand. And he looked at the, the price, and he said, I don't need to spend that much on luggage. And Sister Jeannie said, remember your dream. My point that I'm trying to make is people can hear the statement that I made earlier that we haven't walked in all of this and say that's kind of hard, that's kind of direct. If God will deal with the fathers of our faith about not walking in the fullness of what they could have walked in, how much more is he going to deal with the children about it? Our fathers are advancing. We're going to advance. Amen. Because we're going to judge him faithfully. Isn't that right? Amen. Let's stand up tonight. As you stand up, say this with me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I choose tonight, November 16th, at 8.08, to judge you faithful. I will not ever, from this moment forward, consider you slack or slow. I will just judge you faithful. And I decree and I declare my life will never be the same because I serve the faithful God in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, God's good to us.